You're listening to Brown on Brand, featuring Matthew Brown on Thumbstopper.fm. Hello and welcome back. This is Matthew Brown with Brown on Brand. And today we're going to talk about classified marketing. And uh, my special guest is Jim Jabay. Hey, Jim. What's up, Matty? I want to talk today about classified marketing and how things are changing, you know, within that space, um, namely the motor space, because that's where your company uh, provides services, right? Lot Vantage. And what's been going on with Craigslist and, and I see offer up and let go and Facebook Marketplace and this, you know, this space is changing. You know, that the classified space definitely has changed a lot over the last two years. Uh, Craigslist continues to be a dominant force, especially for dealerships and, and, you know, and it, they don't change their ways. Nothing changes with the platform, but consumers continue to go there to buy inventory and search for things that they want in their local, local areas. Uh, Facebook marketplace, definitely making waves. Uh, you get some new, but newbies coming in the town with like offer up and let go, uh, yeah. that are TBD. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, you know, as we continue to be the leaders in that classified space, we'd look for, all these emerging marketplaces that come along and make sure that we've got all the right solutions provided for our dealerships. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, the offer up and the let go apps, and I know there are a half a dozen other small ones as, you know, I started to look, started to look at that space. And of course I've been tuning into Craigslist mm-hmm. because that's been, you know, part of our roots, um, in general as a company And the, and it's amazing to me here we are, you know, 15 years later and, you know, it, you know, everybody's heard it that, you know, Craigslist has made the minor changes that they've made on their platform. And, and you know, the, the only big changes that they've made is they're by dealer or by business categories, for the most part, cost money to mm-hmm. list in. And that was a big disruption. And everybody, you know, I've heard for years, year after year, you know, Craigslist is, is going away or they're just going to get beat up for this reason or another. But it's amazing to me. They just kind of they hang in there. They, they, as you put it, they, they continue to be a dominant force. I'm just amazed by it is all. I, I am too. You know, it's easy for the consumer to find what they want. And I think that's why they're there. You know, it's a name that's associated to local marketing and local finding things from local people yeah. or local businesses. Sure. And that's why people continue to go there. Um, you know, while the, there's no HTML, there's no nothing fancy about it, but sometimes if you put your consumer shoes back on, you like that experience a little bit more than some flashy new thing that might be there. So sure. that's why it's continued to be a dominant force. Um, yeah, there was know. an ar- there was an article a few years back. Um, you might have shared it with me, but, you know, and it was um, it, it was an editorial. It was an overview from um, Craig Newmark, and you know they were asking him that question: How does it continue to just kind of hang around? And you know he gave. Um, props back to the consumer in the fact of going, it's weird. Craigslist is a community and there's many horror stories, et cetera. And that's what's going to happen when, when you're a pioneer in something, Uber, mm-hmm. Tesla, Samsung. You know, you can think of the companies that pioneer things. Oh, your phone's, you know, batteries burn up on one of your models. Or, oh, your autonomous driving crashed into a wall one time when you had, you know, 50, 60,000 units on the road doing the same thing. You know, when you're breaking ground. Um, Uber, oh no, we have a horrible, tragic of in an Uber because they were disruptor and Craigslist, the same thing. And, but he gave the props back to the community and basically said, it's a weird balance how, you know, the, the, in order to be successful, like Craigslist has, you have to have 
inventory when the consumer gets there. Mm-hmm. You have to, so you have to have a good balance of that inventory and number of people going there for that inventory. And I just wonder, you know, if, if the next hurdle that they have to overcome is how much more comfortable you are in a Facebook marketplace, right? Because of, you see a profile picture, you can look at their recent posts. And for the most part, you could have an indication of whether you wanted that person to come meet you about that item. And I want, you know, I wonder how Craigslist, you know, kind of gets over that hurdle of it. Yeah. And, and that's what platforms like, like going off or up are also uh, bring to their, to theirs is a trusted Trust. Trusted yeah. profile yeah. of a consumer with a picture, right? So you, you know who you're doing business with. Even sure. consumer to consumer, you know, uh, you're going to see who you're going about to meet or what's going to happen there. Um, you know, their new dealer program that OfferUp has just let, uh, it's just released. It gives the, the verified dealer badges. So Is LotVantage offering uh, OfferUp? We do. We, we're oh, okay. now a, one of the approved OfferUp providers, So uh, which happened last last two, three weeks. We're Great. really excited about that is... You know, I knew you were. I knew you were close on that. That's yeah, awesome. It's good. So we should be launching that in the next week uh, or two out to all of our automotive dealerships, starting in the automotive space first, uh, and then they'll look to grow it outside of the auto space as well to Power Sports Marine RV. Okay, great. And that will that will they carry all the types of inventory that you have in motors? Because I know we stretch motors a long way down mm-hmm. to trailers, golf carts, farm and garden, commercial lawn. You know, etc. Is it is that going to be a focused path? Of, I think eventually they'll get there. Um, so right now, passenger cars. That's it. Marine. So far. Ju- that's it just, so far. Just passenger and cars on offer. And up. what's next? Uh, look into the power sports space. So power sports. Similarly, Facebook Marketplace. Uh, you know, launched launched out of yeah, autos yeah. and into motorcycles and and power sports, then into RV and um, now marine. Yeah, that's awesome. And trailer. Cool. Very cool. And um, so now switching gears a little bit, the, you know, talking about Facebook Marketplace, um, now you can get your inventory, you know, and, and uh, you know, around social media. And there's a, and there's a number of ways that, you know, you're kind of transferring um, some, uh, some of your energy from classified marketplaces, you know, over to the social media side. Is, is what's, is the ROI really that low? You know, some of the results that I'm seeing, it, you know, what, what, tell me about the bad things with like social media advertising. What are the, what are the pitfalls of it? So some of the challenges come in and especially around the automotive space is that it's, while it's new and nascent as a new advertising platform, uh, it's making sure that you're really targeting people that are in market that are looking sure. to buy from you. Right. Yep. Um, you know, we look at it that there's really four main aspects of advertising on Facebook if you're going to do Facebook advertising, first is building your brand and sharing what the buying experience could be like walking into your store. Because a lot of consumers are have a negative connotation about a dealership. Sure, Social media and advertising to be the one dealership that they're going to pick out of the 10 Chevy stores that are here in Tampa yeah, yeah. is all about building that brand and that comfort level with the consumer that, hey, here's what you can expect when you walk into ABC Chevy here in mm-hmm. town. Uh, that's one of the pillars that we see in advertising. And, is, and that was a loaded question, right, yeah. with the social media advertising, because everything boils down to creative. And that's what I kind of wanted to dig into is what what's making the creative, right? Uh, you know, where, where do dealerships or retailers, how are they able, you know, and I find this a lot in advertising, you know, what you don't want to do is you don't want to spend money unwisely. 
And one of the first things that can happen in marketing is that you deploy capital and do an idea or advertising, uh, you know, idea. And then, and then the good creative doesn't come, which would negate any re mm -hmm. positive results that you could have had because it won't convert or it doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. And how, how are you dealing with that? Right. You're taking a small retailer with a relatively small budget. How are you dealing with getting the right creative and kind of understanding whether that's the right creative for the dealer? It's tough. You know, uh, we've done some where we encourage the dealerships to shoot on site their own video, yeah. you know, let their own passion come through sure. and use that video because, you know, we want to connect with somebody right. and we don't want necessarily all this commercial level uh, advertisement pushed to us, but it's a combination of both that, some of that corporate messaging, right. Mm -hmm. And that corporate branding from that you can get the video from, from the OEs. Right. And then some, you know, some of that personal connection of, Hey, I'm John, I'm the service director here. And, you know, I've been here for 18 years. We pride ourselves on trying to build, you know, trying to do the right thing every time for you. I right. think in today's world, uh, we prefer that, that really that lower level, that level of just transparent transparency. And it makes a big difference in your advertising. I agree. I mean, one of the things that we continue to talk about, and um, it's a little bit of regurgitated chatter, but it really struck me. It's really not about the products that you manufacture, or the services that you have. It's really about the story that you tell. Mm -hmm. And with social media connecting with people today, you can see a rise in a different level of politician, you know, across the spectrum. You can see a rise in a different level of people or content that people are consuming. And, you know, it, it really, whether you like it or dislike it with the reality shows and the, and the politics that are going on today, um, you know, it, it's a connection with the people and that's the product, you know, and, and I think in social media advertising, the results that we're seeing, and I don't know if it's different on the retail level, but at a branding level, um, in, you know, the results that we're seeing, it's really about the story that you tell about Absolutely. those products. And, and to your point, so getting the retailer engaged and maybe shooting video that then you can help with the pulling out and post-production piece mm -hmm. that that's what you would consider the strongest creative in social right now for us for building your brand for yeah. brand awareness for brand, for awareness, brand awareness yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and what we call capturing that why buy from me moment mm -hmm. right what makes you what sets you apart from everybody else so when they go back whether and, it's a service department or the service, retail absolutely or the you retail. want input from the customer and so if you don't get that and you launch an advertisement about the dealership and i know there's an, a number of things we could go into but talking brand awareness is that something to that that's easy to get your hands around because you visited the website or because you got to know the dealer? Or like, what's the intake portion of that? Like, how do you how do you get that information from? It's the tough. Dealer? It's yeah. tough. You know, um, you, you it really starts with finding talking sitting down with the GM or the, and the sales team because mm -hmm. that's where the that's where the the whole organization runs from. They follow that that leader, which is you know, ironic to say, but the, yeah. th that perception and how they manage and what they do uh, really sets a tone for the entire dealership. So you can you kind of the kind culture of get, yeah, and the culture, culture that the, from the staffing standpoint to the advertising and you try to capture that piece to, of it as much as possible. And it's tough. And, and um, you know, it's not something that we do a lot, but it's things that we are constantly encouraging our dealerships to do to build that, those types of pieces for us. So we can sure. turn those into advertisements because whether or not you buy today or you buy in six months, you want to make sure that your dealership is the one they remember 
when they start that Google search for local Chevy dealers near me. Right, right, right. Whether then, it, whether it's on a search engine or, you know, now tons of searches are happening at the social media level. Absolutely. I mean, it is the tides have shifted. I, you know, a year and a half ago, we were the tides are shifting. They've completely shifted. Social media has the attention. I mean, you have the startups, TikTok, everything else. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to social media advertising, uh, the brand awareness play is all about, in your mind, and how Lot Vantage deploys it around the culture of the dealership. Absolutely. And and so now, how do I sell more? Right? How do I how do I get inventory out there? I know you you have some tricks up your sleeve. I, I've seen the results uh, from the data and the reporting. You know, talk to me about. Um, you know, now that there's a transition and, and it used to be auto traders and classified marketplaces yep. and your website mm -hmm. were, were places that you would want your inventory for the most part. And, you know, with social media now, how do I get my inventory out there? Whether I'm a car dealer or anybody else, what's the, what's the magic? So we look at uh, that side with, <clears throat> with two intentions, right? Okay. Um, one, retargeting and remarketing shoppers that have visited your website and looked at your inventory. So keeping your, your, again, keeping your dealership and then now your inventory top of mind to, the, to that consumer. So okay. you went and visited um, the local Chevy store. You looked at the 2017 um, Silverado 1500. Okay. You left the website. Yeah. I'm going to push that same piece of inventory, the black one that you yeah. looked at, not the yeah, white yeah. one, right back onto your social feed. So as oh, you okay. scroll through so, your inventory. So when I see this specific piece of inventory, that's the retargeting side of it. I visited that black truck, yep. right, on a dealer's website, and I'm on social media. And oh my goodness, there's a there's that black truck, yep, right. That's that's a retarget piece. Is that expensive? It's cheap. It's cheap. What's a small budget for that? Small budget's five hundred dollars a month. What's well, a big budget? Couple thousand dollars a month. So from five hundred to two thousand dollars a month, um, you're taking a piece of inventory that somebody visited on a website, and you're following that person with that piece of inventory yep. because of, of the pixel that was set when they visited Absolutely. that site. Keeping, keeping that inventory in your dealership top of mind. What's the other side? So retargeting is one. What's the other the side? The other side is is then targeting in-market shoppers. So those that we believe are, are potential buyers, and we build those out of carousel ads. Okay. Um, and that's taking a segment set of your inventory. What makes you believe they're potential buyers? Uh, they look and feel like some of your previous buyers as we get data from the consumer. Okay. Uh, we leverage... Uh, data from Oracle, et cetera, that you can that Facebook pro provides to us. Okay, uh, and that's how we identify our potential yeah. buyers. You're, so you're leveraging big data, buying habits, shopping habits, uh, profile profile matches, yep. and you're making um, assumptions, you know, with your AI that allow you to target potential shoppers. Absolutely, and, and so that's casting a net. And that casts a net. Yeah, yeah. and you know. It's a little bit easier in the automotive space because everybody needs a car, right? But as we get into the motorcycle world, we're only 8% of this U.S. population is actually somebody that's in our target audience. We really have to trim down who we're focusing those efforts on. So, you know, Facebook provides us with some information on the target likes and habits and, and what they follow. Uh, but then we use a lot of our own first-party data and or data from the dealership on what their previous buyers looked like to build lookalike audiences to target people that may look and smell like previous motorcycle buyers in their dealership. Wow, that's great. And these are relatively inexpensive marketing uh, budgets for uh, car and truck dealers or passenger <clears throat> car and truck dealers anyway. They are. When, yeah. when you take a look at it on how much these dealerships spend in advertising uh, and to have a target 
in a focused advertisement like we can do via Facebook, uh, the budgets aren't tens of thousands of dollars. You know, if you, yeah, if you yeah. look at the entire strategy, you're you're talking five, six thousand dollars a month. How much runway do the social media platforms have? Do they have the runway Craigslist had fifteen years? So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think agree. we're just getting started. Yeah, I agree with you. Cool. Shifting gears a little bit. So what's your prediction on electric cars? How fast will we be at a fifty percent of cars on the road electric? It's gonna take us a while to get there. Okay. To get to fifty percent of all cars on the road is electric. Yeah. What, um because how long? My best guesstimate. The hardest part's going to be retiring the combustibles. Retire right? the combustibles, yeah. right? It's not that the new car sales aren't going to be gearing towards fifty percent of all of all sales. It's think about t- now the average vehicle on the road is ten to fifteen years old. Yeah, because cars are made to last longer. The combustible combustible engine is yeah yeah yeah. You know, They're it's good. easier to maintain. I drive yeah. a ten year old Jeep. They're good, right? Yeah. So that's what's going to take longer to retire. So. Best guess, 2035. Yeah. yeah. But uh, of new car sales? Somebody asked me that question the other day, and my answer was 50%. Yeah. I don't, you know, that's that, a, how do we retire the combustibles? That's right? where I can't get to. Yeah, yeah. Because the average car on the road is seven or eight years old. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we're not even at, a, what, 10% of all new vehicle sales are electric yet? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, exactly. And they're, so what's that mean for, will they... Do you think this market's really going to progress and continue to progress? Well, the Rivians and the Teslas and the, you know, it will, they, you know, you, you and, think about and the companies. other manufacturers that have good electric vehicles yeah. or is it, is it going to can, you know, it's like I keep hearing rumor that Jaguar is going to go all electric and retire their combustible engine soon. That's strange to me. And Volvo says they're, you know, that they'll have a hybrid. Every vehicle will be electric assisted by, I think it's 2022. So yeah, in yeah. three years, uh, that's a little bit different. So is that still is that a full electric vehicle or is that a combustible engine vehicle? Where yeah, it's a yeah. hybrid. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't so. know. There's rumors of the the GTR being, you know, electric assist. And I love the combustible engine within adding horsepower with the flick of a switch, right? That could make it not just for gearheads like myself, mm-hmm. but efficiencies yeah. and air, everyday driving where the electric can assist. Yeah. So what's going on in the auto dealer world? Are, are, is it still groups buying up dealers? Is you know I know we had a decrease several years ago in the number of family-owned dealerships. Is that something that's it's continued? It's continued. What yeah. per, what percentage of the franchise-owned dealerships today are family-owned still, or or you know a one top or a two top? I don't know that number off the top of my head. Okay, um, but you know you're seeing. Uh, the groups being strategic in what they buy. You know, I saw another announcement that uh, I forget who had just bought another five or ten Volkswagen stores. I think Group One, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got you've got these these new call them newer dealer groups that are that are forming that are five to ten stores in a specific region, and, and you'll see them continuing to grow um, and or merge together with other smaller groups to form larger groups. It's happening across the space. Um, how many single tops are left? There's probably in a franchise world. I don't know that number, but I'm guessing it's over fifty percent because you've got all yeah, the smaller, yeah. all the smaller cities. You know that where there's still single single top Ford stores or GM stores. Rural et America that, that has still them. live. Yeah, 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 all over the place. Okay, good. The um, and what about Power Sports Marine and RV? Is it remained as 
strong as it's been over the last several years. I'm, I'm an enthusiast of those marketplaces. And let me tell you something. It's tough to be a buyer right now of any of that stuff. It's still strong. Um, it's slowed comparative to last year, but it's still. Which um, segment? Marine? All Across all three. All of them? Okay. You, know, um, you know, they were red hot. And yeah. to a point where they couldn't make them fast enough. Right. Um, and I know the marine manufacturers and the RV manufacturers still need welders up in northern Indiana, to, you know, for all their aluminum uh, boats and, and, and RVs. So the, the marketplaces are still strong. Those verticals are strong. Uh, but it doesn't feel as strong as what we've seen the last couple of years, which was exponential growth. So when you're talking... You go to a lot of the shows. You're yeah. In, you're at the uh, marine shows and the power sports shows. So I was wondering what the you know the sentiment yeah, is. Th- it's yeah. still a very positive sentiment. But, yeah. you know, when you had... When you're now only going to have, which sounds funny, 3 to 5% growth instead of 10-plus percent growth. Right. You know, you have a different feeling, but you also have to understand that that's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Just like it did in the auto space where we had record sales year over year mm-hmm. coming out of the of the recession that we had. And now those numbers have flattened and or shrunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, new very year, minimally. New, new, unit, new sales. unit sales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you see the new dealers uh, in the auto space refocusing efforts around more used car inventory sure. and the need for used. Well, um, we've weathered that storm over the last 15 years on and off. And, and I mean, we thrived in, in the down economy because we were pre-owned, mm-hmm. concentrated. Now, that's not true today. We built, deal in both, obviously, yep. new and pre-owned. But, you know, you can remember, you know, being in that space as well, that, you know, there were companies that thrived in that. So, and I think the dealers find that balance, right? They've got all these leases coming off or, you know, some of those numbers are, it's amazing when they lease those that or when they release the statistics on the leases, the number of leases and how they, you know, move that inventory across the dealerships and the off lease, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dealership makes me think of that locally. Um, how nice of a job they've done that where yeah. they've taken cleaned lease vehicles, they've put about across the pre-owned inventory and yeah. it's amazing. And lease volumes continue to grow. Yeah. And um, year over year, CPO sales continue to grow because of that yeah. same piece, right? They well, why the, is that you think? Is it? People want to drive fancier cars, and they should be no, driving. I, I think it's the cost to own a new car is now, on average, five hundred dollars a month. Really, to own a car? Yeah, yeah, five hundred dollars a month, and I, yeah. th- you know, that's a lot of money on for somebody. So, the alternatives are used inventory mm-hmm. or lease. You know, yeah. there's a lot of great leases out there for one ninety nine or two forty nine a month. Sure. Um, sure, that somebody can be in a brand new car and. For that cheap, that then they don't have to worry about anything for two to three years, and, and that sense. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I see the certified pre-owned prices, and it's amazing to me how they have <coughs> the new prices so far apart from a a car that has four to six thousand miles on it, and sometimes a certified, you know, warranty is mm-hmm. stronger than the factory warranty. Absolutely. Yeah, it amazes me. Yeah, so switching gears a little bit again, the uh, gym, you're speaking at AIM Expo in Columbus, Ohio. I think. Yeah, we'll, be in, we'll yeah. be in Columbus uh, end of September. Uh, speaking on Facebook advertising to oh, all great. the all the power sports dealerships heading out to AIM and AIM is a power sports convention. What's it stand for? American International Motorcycle. Okay, great. Yeah, nice. so really fire that up everything to do that. power sports. That's your ATVs, your dirt bikes, your everything personal watercraft. Powers, everything everything power sports from motorcycles, ATVs, personal watercrafts, parts and accessories. You name it, they're there. They've got uh, 
you know, some outdoor and riding up. You're going to be speaking about nights. the Facebook advertising, the yeah. stuff that we just talked about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. And speaking of motorsports, the Harley Davidson, I see a lot of, you know, Harley dealers and I, I saw videos on your LinkedIn that you shot some footage at local Harleys. Yeah. What's going on with Harley? What are you guys doing? We've been working with closely with a lot of Harley de Davidson dealerships. We're, we're working now with well over a hundred Harley stores, uh, assisting them in their Facebook advertising strategies, okay. their inventory marketing, uh, and how's that working out for them? Been doing great. Right. Uh, the lead volumes that we've we've seen off of our programs that we run from uh, everything down to their event marketing that we're now helping them with yeah. to push their events via social media advertising. Uh, one of our dealerships out and they're a great brand. They've had some pressures lately with some of the competition, but they're you know what a fantastic iconic brand. It is. A, it's an American iconic brand for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's they've been great dealers to work with. Uh, they we're, we're doing it. some business with um, Stasic, nice, which is their, as you know, their uh, electric bike company mm -hmm. that they purchased for kids. Yeah, for yeah. kids, and so it'd be interesting to see if that's how you know the R and D will come up for Harley for electric. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that was a great move by Harley. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, there's a lot of concern about getting more young riders, absolutely, in, uh, into motorcycles, and there's no better way to get them comfortable around them than owning an electric bike as a kid um where i grew up and where you grew up it was a normal course as a a young boy to grow up around a mini bike or absolutely. A, at a minimum and yeah. then you know dirt bikes and atvs and so it was a little bit of a way of life and you know moving down to florida and now seeing the segment i you know i guess now what is it 2.5 or 2.7 percent sub three percent of the general population today enjoys any outdoor motorsports mm -hmm. or you know off-road side of it yeah and so um you know that move that they did to try and get the young riders it, it kind of goes hand in hand with social media too from an advertising especially around sure. instagram right that's where you're going to be able to connect and and build that brand and uh along those same lines i've so. got to think that's cool though you know we grew up and a lot of it was the little loud pipe on mm -hmm. that 30 or 50 and now having an electric whizzing through the woods or on a trail, you know, and you're able to do it with a, a quiet motor, you're not disrupting nature, you're able to take more of it in. I've got to think that that's a cool experience for electric off-road. And I'm dying to get on an electric ATV or off-road bike. Yeah, I would too. I think it's going to be a completely different experience for uh, guys that have and gals that have done that their whole life. You know, they're used to, you know, hitting that, Pulling that throttle and, yeah, and yeah. listen to it and hear it rev yeah. up and it's going to be different you're probably going to be able to take in like you mentioned more of the sights and sounds yeah. around you and yeah. enjoy it a little bit more than that loud pipe or I following agree. behind people that have loud exhaust behind them it's I, gonna different my, world my you know the last few trips that i had where we were in a group atv and my ears were ringing for days you know just being around lots of bikes and lots of mm -hmm. engines and it finally i was intelligent enough to go of course you need your plugs in and um you know but it's not something you think about you've got your eye protective wear and mm -hmm. and in some cases a helmet off-road um but the i've got to think the electric is going to really change that side of it you know talking earlier about tesla and mm -hmm. you know the electric cars you know they i think that the 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 motorsports side of it the power sports side of it could be a really good uh, market to go after so i think it's brilliant um, I do too. you know on harley davidson's part i do too it's it's going to be a change just like we talked about with auto uh that that happens in that world and yeah. so how do you get those the younger riders involved 
Start them early. Yeah, start them early. Put them on electric. It's not as it's not as intimidating. Mm -mm. You know, I remember the pipes were hot and the yeah. you know it was just a lot. To a lot it. of things to be afraid of, right? There Between were a lot of things. Yeah, there were a lot you know, of things to be afraid of. Working and, and rightfully the so, they were dangerous. Yeah, yeah. working a choke and trying yeah. to jump up and down on a kickstand to get the things to start. It was right. it was it was brutal. Know, it was intimidating as a kid. Yeah. It, if you didn't get it right, and then your buddy did it and got it started, well, electric, you just jump on and go. Oh, thank God I grew up when I grew up. Uh, <laughs> I miss that stuff. So do I. So do I. But it's... Uh, How was Michigan? It was awesome. Spending yeah. time on boats and power sports and Good. watching people it's, run around on four-wheelers. It's and, so vital. It is. It's so vital to get out and uh, you know, break away from it. So hopefully you got charged up and uh, you're back in back in business here ready to roll baby awesome man well thanks for joining us this morning really appreciate it jim jabay uh, with lot vantage thanks for listening and remember subscribe to brown on brand at thumbstopper.fm or wherever fine podcasts can be found